It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down Welcome back to another episode of American Loser. It is the podcast that puts a spotlight from me on second place. Dad, where else could we be? Not other than the shared universe podcast studio in our own Eatontown, New Jersey. You know it. We had behind the ones and twos to start the episode. We had the boss, Ming Chen, was here. And then almost like Norm entering cheers, the kahuna (laughs) hears his name. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I still feel bad. Not to be sorry. Dude, you're you're on time today. Everything's good. We were were trying to be... uh, we have important guests on. They have things to do. These Where? are these are captains of industry. So, <laughs> That's right. There you and, go. Uh, so we got to get them uh, in on the show real quick. But first of all, happy new year to all the listeners out there, guys. Thank you for everything. To, the show is growing like crazy. We're having a lot of fun with it. There are those big dumb things we keep working on that we can't tell you guys about legally just yet, but we'll see where we get with all that stuff. But that being said, mm-hmm. um, returning guest. Uh, what is this, your third time back on the show, bud? Third time's a charm, third KP. Time back. Yep, he's going to get it right this time, folks. <laughs> this may be the one I can right. share. One of my great pals, uh, Big Rich from Jersey, okay? Hey. Who, uh, are we allowed to say your last name on the air? I don't know how we play this one. Not at all. That's, uh, <laughs> but when right. you hear the next guest, it'll all make sense. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, uh, real quickly, so uh, we're, we're going international again. Typically, when we need uh, Spanish pronunciation, we lean on our good friend Lynette Palladino. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, Lynette is not here today, so we are very happy to bring in Daniela Mitano. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, Hola, ¿cómo estás? Yes, Daniela, mis frijoles son de muchos colores. ¿Y tú? The pronunciation is bad, KP. That's We're going to have to work on that. It's just an episode where we just understand how bad the pronunciation yeah. of Spanish is. Is this is why all the Spanish girls laugh when I talk to them? Yeah. Right, right. I just thought I was killing it. (laughs) I'm sorry to break your spirit. (laughs) Well, uh, a little backstory just for the guests here today for you, Kuna, because I know you've met Big Rich before, Mm -hmm. one of my great buddies in comedy and great buddies in life. And then his wife is uh, just way cooler than him in pretty much everything. (laughs) True that. Uh, extremely talented photographer and a podcaster in her own right. What's the name of the podcast, Danny? It's called RBU, Just Be You. So you can find it on my website, actually. Um, you just go on to uh, www.dannymcdonald.co. C-O. Very I didn't do the come there. Um, yeah, you can just find it on the website, and it's a link to you know Apple, uh, Apple iTunes. And yeah, we talk about a whole bunch of feel-good kind of stuff and <laughs> beauty and all that kind of, you know. Chicken. Nothing we talk about here. No. Yeah, that's, uh, not a strong crossover audience, but I still want you to promote anyway. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. But uh, no, uh, uh, Danny also says in her podcast all the time, "Don't fuck with Teddy Roosevelt." So yeah. that's right. right. There you go. That's she the link. Unpack your shit. <laughs> <laughs> but also, very very talented photographer, Danny, which is going to be. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, but you uh, you're able to get because um, oh, you know my circle of friends. There's a lot, I have a lot of self loathing, not as much as Garifo. But uh, 
I have a certain amount of self-loathing, and you made us very comfortable for these headshots that you did, which I use on my website, all my stuff for comedy, everything. So very, very grateful to know you. And um, it's interesting here, because today we're going to talk about a, a another couple, if you will. Okay? A power couple. A power couple. A power so. couple. Now, my father's told me a story about he, uh, how him and my mother met, which, depending on who's telling the story, it gets even better. So... Uh, my, uh, my father walks into grad school at Montclair State, and my mom thought he was a nerd because he had like a briefcase with him. She goes, get a load of this dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad's got magazines in there and like games and puzzles and shit he's playing with. Cause Man, he's if bored. you put the briefcase on your desk, you flip it open so now the lid is blocking the, the, the sight line of the professor. You can do whatever you want inside yep. that briefcase. A little Mad Magazine, whatever Absolutely. you're doing. Absolutely. And then as, uh, as my father tells it, because my mother likes to get her shots in first, my mother had just gotten back from the Bahamas and mom's Armenian, and uh, which means that uh, when they you know get put out in the sun, they become Puerto Rican. Um, and she was peeling her skin off of her forehead. Yeah, she was commencing to peel, so she's there with a little makeup mirror and peeling pieces of dead flesh off her face. He was like, <laughs> Larry's like, that's hot. That's, that's really <laughs> oddly that'll fit in with our second topic for today's episode when we talk about the Donner Party. But yeah. uh, today's topic is a, it's a good one, guys. I'm very happy about this one. Uh, she was just a small town girl living in her lonely world, and she took the midnight train going anywhere, Rich. Do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> so, uh, what better story to tell this week than a story of true love and casual violence that is known as Bonnie and Clyde? Now, did you know that those are real people and not Jay-Z and Beyonce, Coon? Oh, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, They're actually real people? Another joy Damn. drop moment with the That's, big goon. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a couple in here, because I, I actually, I think we all know this story for the most part, but... I don't. I, I don't know who Bonnie and Clyde actually are. For real? No, I'm just being an asshole, KP. Oh, it was very effective. <laughs> nice waiting. <laughs> well, uh, nothing says true love, you know, in America like murdering nine cops and at least four civilians. That's how I look at it. So it's true. That's <laughs> now, uh, here's a name, dude. This is a name for you. Clyde Champion Barrow. <laughs> Middle name Champion. All right. That's, we're not messing around with it, because we know what yours is, Larry, because yours is the same as mine. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, no big mystery. Yeah, and uh, Kahuna's middle name is The. The, <laughs> the, the Big Kahuna. Wouldn't it be Big? Well, yeah, uh, big. I'm, I'm putting like a comma in there so we can get Oh, Big Vic. Kahuna, <laughs> comma, The Big. Kahuna, <laughs> uh, comma. Kahuna, The Big. That's how, I refer, that's how I want to be referred to moving forward. It can be done. That's it. Kahuna the big. You're going to have an Instagram page in about 30 seconds. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we got to start with uh, the poor um, the poor boy known as Clyde Champion Barrow. Born in uh, 1909 to a poor farming family in Texas. The family was so poor that upon their arrival in Dallas, which Dallas was like, it had nice parts to it. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't big oil 1970s soap opera stuff yet, Rich. Dun, 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 dun. There was no America's team just yet. But they were so poor and they were living in the slums of uh, East Dallas that uh, they actually were forced to live underneath the very wagon they arrived in. So it's kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies if they never got money. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's nice though. Yeah. Mobile home. <laughs> That's yeah, that's, right, that's, that's my right. father's retirement plan, actually, isn't there you it? There so, First mobile home park in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> now, it wasn't just Dallas. It was West Dallas, which was notorious. Oh, I, said, for, I said East. I screwed up already then. Did, was it West or East? One of those. It could be. Um, maybe it was East Dallas. My bad. Well, oh. 90% of this joke was to try to set up a journey reference. So Sorry. <laughs> that's Sorry. where I wound up. 
But you got to let me know about when you're uh, leading in with something here. No, don't worry about it, dude. It's uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, the family's very poor, all right, and not a whole lot going on. And uh, they really, you kind of had to commit crime back then. I'm not saying that you, uh, it should be encouraged, but there were little things you could grift. Is there now, Rich? I don't want to say what you do for a living because we, we're very careful about that. But uh, there's difference between a uh, um, what's the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor? Uh, whether you get caught. That's pretty much it. But um, yeah, I mean, especially in that time, people had to do what they had to do to get by, no? Well, there's a little thing going on known as the Great Depression, too. That's kind of pretty good. (laughs) Sounds pretty great. Yeah. Things are harder. Dad, what'd you always tell me about Grammy? Grammy used to use, um, what was the line? She would have to use the, the. the water that she washed the dishes with to water the plants in the front of the house or something? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it was hard times. I mean, if we don't talk about, you know, we don't know hard times like what went on during the Depression. Uh, and I think that's something that really we want to go into a little further. But, um, you know, you're in 1933, which is a little ahead of us right now, but uh, as far as the storyline is concerned. But it was at the height of the depression. It was probably the worst year of the depression. Um, the stock market crashed in 29, but by 33, you've got uh, 25% unemployment. So if you got four people sitting at the table, one of them is uh, completely out of work. Hey, so. it's weird. It's me. It's me, guys. I'm the one at the table. <laughs> I looked around the table. <laughs> right, right. And we saw a cake here. There you go. Uh, so but, your uh, Grammy had plants? That's apparently. That's wow. <laughs> She was doing pretty good. <laughs> Show off. Yeah, well, uh, but, I mean, it, it was... I remember my dad talking about the Depression, too, working as a carpenter, that if uh, if you were a carpenter by trade, if you saw a lumber truck going down the street, you would quickly grab your toolbox, which was probably a homemade wooden toolbox, put it on your shoulder and run after the, run after the lumber truck because maybe there's an opportunity for one hour's worth of work just offloading the lumber off the lumber truck and then if you had your tools with you maybe there's a chance that you know they they might need you for a day or two uh, whatever you know know, but if you didn't have your toolbox (laughs) what the hell is that's actually how our buddy kevin garifo operates whenever he sees a miller high life (laughs) (laughs) runs after with an empty mug yeah he's lucky (laughs) that's me when i see a twinkie truck truck. well uh clyde would come under uh because you know rich you've growing up with brothers you know sure my father growing up with brothers um and obviously we just met the kahuna's brother here too yeah. so there's a there's a, a camaraderie i never got to have that because i my sister's just a, a good person but uh there's this corruption that happens with brothers when they kind of mess around with each other a little bit no. and uh how loose well, did you mean good person by the way um why well, I, <laughs> I can't say the other words on the <laughs> um not until we sign some papers but uh yeah, and uh, upon their arrival in Dallas, Texas, like we said, families living underneath the wagon. It's not good here. Clyde takes to crime almost immediately under the tutelage of his older brother, Buck. Mm. Buck Barrow. That's a that's a good stage name. Buck Barrow. Yeah. Buck What's Barrow. the middle name? Do you know the middle name? No. Do, Bucky? No, do you? Contender. No. I got all excited. Escape from the fourth dimension. Uh, Double barrel buckshot barrow. <laughs> yeah, might as well be. Jeez. It's a great porn name. There are some great names throughout this entire story, too. But uh, for them, stealing was like an obligation for their survival. Neither of them showed any sense of remorse, really, for this. So in 1926, Clyde is arrested for the first time for running from the police when questioned about a rental car he had failed to return. 
No, I bought this. Oh, why does it say Hertz on the side of it, you fucking idiot? <laughs> yeah, he's still in school at the time, and, and I mean, he's already starting his, his career in crime. And a little more uh, illumination, if you will, on uh, the Depression. I mean, tens of thousands of people are out of work. They're traveling the road or just wandering about. The whole movie, The Grapes of Wrath, when people were just picking up and moving on to hopefully better life in California with the Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl was a real thing that... Uh, vast amounts of America's farmland is just wiped out and people are, are destitute. They're thrown off their property because they were probably mortgaged to the hilt. Uh, the banks were allowed to trade stocks and bonds and the, when the stock market crashed, a lot of the banks collapsed as well. People were running into and taking all of their money out of the banks. The banks are, are closing. Uh, it's hard times. It's definitely hard times. Um, there's a little there's a little guy with a mustache over in Germany that's making a name for himself by the oh Charlie Chaplin yeah, no yeah. not the horrible guy another little guy Adolf Hitler so things are you know, he was a great a, motivational speaker right <laughs> he, was, he was that he was that um, but uh, he did some really great it's, TED a, talks. it's a worldwide depression it wasn't just you know, un, unemployment was up in the United States this is worldwide that things are are not going well. Uh, to give us kind of an idea of uh, the financial picture, uh, the average wage, average wages per year, annual annual salary, uh, if you did have a job, was probably about uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Right. So that's your that's your yearly wage, fifteen hundred dollars. That's um, about what I make doing comedy. Yeah. So. <laughs> average laborer's yeah. wage, right? If you're just a, a working stiff uh, laborer, you're you're good. If you had the job, it was $20 a week. So if you're working all the time, 52 weeks, that's just a little over $1,000 for your, your annual take. And as you mentioned, too, there's like a sliding scale of morality, too, because the banks aren't really losing out you know, if you're rich, you're, there's hard times. You're not living as extravagantly as you could, but the poor are taking up the poop shoot, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, the banks were too big to fail. Uh, it's, it's very. It's true, man. That's a legit thing. So you understand that now a guy like Clyde and his brother Buck are going to sit there and say, well, hey, you know Clyde what? Clyde and Buck. Uh, the banks aren't really hurting. Uh, I'm hungry, so I want something to eat, so I'm going to take something. And uh, unfortunately, Clyde really liked to uh, steal cars, which you kind of alluded to that there was a... Uh, Papa Barrow had a, a scrap business, right, Dad? Yeah, well, and it was West Dallas. I, I did find my notes here on that. It was West Dallas, which at the time was known as the Devil's Back Porch. So <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't a the high end neighborhood that uh, you might think. Oh, Dallas with the, with the TV star. Mm -hmm. uh, no Jr. In the West. No, no, no <laughs> Jr. With that, um, but uh, Papa Barrow. Um, has this little like gas station kind of a thing but it's really at the front of the house the front room of the house served as the office to the to the filling station and then he also had a scrap metal business it's a good multitasker yeah right, right i mean you're you're trying to make a buck however you can so whether it's collecting scrap metal or whatever and i guess the uh the sons buck and clyde are doing whatever they can to help out the, the family resources those darn and duke boys what better way of bringing in some scrap metal than seal the whole freaking car <laughs> it's got all the scrap metal. drive it right in yeah. it's an angle it's an angle now um buck mm. actually gets arrested um uh as well he and his brother are arrested uh, simultaneously regarding some stolen turkeys 
So you're stealing Burr. turkey. Yeah. Right. Uh, Rich, you're making a face right now. That that whiskey treats oh, you okay, pal? That's beautiful. That's a- <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Set you straight. That oh, was, uh, good. Nice that, and warm. It's burning as it goes down. It was a, a combination of relief and panic that came over your face, my oh, friend. That's good. That's- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Clyde's favorite thing to do, by the way, was to steal cars. That was his gimmick. So he did get caught with some stolen turkeys, but he likes to steal cars. He likes to crack safes and every other possible merit badge of a misspent youth. Um, Clyde did attempt to join the Navy. This one made me laugh because, as you guys know, I did my time, okay? And one thing that I got told. Uh, time was, in prison? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, went to uh, Trent State Prison. <laughs> You guys did some time there, too, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, as uh, one thing that I always remembered was that there were guys that would try to get tattoos of the Navy symbols before they showed up for boot camp. And it's like, dude, you don't know if you're making it through, man. There's You get caught. You get flagged for medical. You, get, uh, you realize you hate it. You don't want to be a part of that. And Clyde falls for that trap, tries to join the Navy, and gets a tattoo of USN inscribed on his arm. <laughs> and then does Before not, he's accepted And then the does Navy. not get medical clearance to join the Navy. So now he has to, you know, explain whatever else it could possibly be, you know. <laughs> well, you just got to put letters in the front and the back to make it a different word. Also true. Right? <laughs> That's right. What there, starts with you. Yeah. Or there was starts a guy, um, this is a true story, there was a guy news. in boot camp that... Uh, <laughs> He got damage controlman tattooed on his forearm. That was the rating that he was going into the Navy with. So when he got out of boot camp, he got damage controlman tattooed on him. Failed out of the engineering school and had to go in as a boatswain's mate. <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> got some splaining to do with your crew members. And in the Navy, your title is your rate. So I was hull technician. You know, uh, I was HT3 Burke or HT2 Burke, depending on when I got out. But um, so this guy's entire name now is... Yeah, running contrary to the tattoo on his forearm, which you're not supposed to have forearm tattoos in the military either. Kind so, of how old, so how old is he? Like when he first starts, um, like like a time a timeline. Well, he was born in 1909, and I'm terrible at math, but his first arrest is in 1926. So he is um, he's an excitable boy. We'll call him that. Um, 17. Yes, I was waiting for you guys to do it. I can't do everything on this show. Oh. Somebody in this class has got to raise their hand. Here's the key. Here's the key. He is one year older than this intellectually gifted young lady who is dropping out of uh, high school to get married at age 16, also on that same side of town. Um, and I'm going to set this up here for a second, Dan, and I want to throw to you because you had an interesting aspect that uh, my father and I did not look into at all here. Um, this young lady, she liked to write poems, take photographs, and kept a journal. She was very creative. She had a big heart. Uh, you know, she was very creative, and uh, uh, also she was attracted to pieces of shit. So, um, you know. Once you find a girl like that, KP, <laughs> you're going to be living a dream. There's uh, there's some roast jokes from the, the roast of Big Rich to talk about. Um, now, her father died when she was four, and her mother worked as a seamstress, and she found life in Dallas to be rather boring and seemed to have a thing for the bad boys. All right? Uh, her first and technically like you. only husband that's like we said attracted to the wrong kind of guy <laughs> Danny do better that's, um, her first and technically only husband was Roy Thornton uh, who was known for his run-ins with the law and his own frequent absences the couple never divorced but the marriage lasted only a few months okay now that girl's name was Bonnie Parker alright so we guys know we're, we're telling the story here it's Clyde Barrow oh wait so one Bonnie is Bonnie Parker. and the other one you're talking about is Clyde <laughs> yes Bonnie and Voss um, <laughs> so. the champ is here but uh, anyway uh, this is something we didn't even look into which is why I'm glad you're on the show here today Danny what is um, 
the because these two when they meet it's like an instant connection and they're obviously their names are simple you know they go hand in hand in history but you wanted to talk about the astrological aspect of these two yes of course hit me because they were actually uh, opposites so she was a Libra talk about poet and being a poet and and really loving all that creative stuff that's the definite Libra aspect of it and he was an Aries um, which is really represents fire. Um, they're not so, I guess they're more flexible. And so the whole thing was in, in reading all their their uh, signs is that she was the one that was actually um, fueling the fire, her being the air and him being the fire. So he, she actually fueled the fire to make, you know, to create all these crimes. Uh, that holds up when we right? <laughs> knowing the timeline the way that we do now. That holds up. Or, quick question for you: Do you know anything about um, damaged kids raised by uh, two Scorpio parents? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> now he, here's what I can say from my own personal experience: um, that a beautiful woman can motivate you to do crazy stuff, like purchase real estate in Jacksonville, Florida, like get married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rich and I are all also polar opposites. Yes. Uh, she's a water sign. I'm an earth sign, so together. Mud. Mud. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> mud pies. I got mud pies. We did, not, uh, we did not plan that, guys. That happened organically. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So here's the only problem is that uh, she does meet the love of her life in Clyde, but she's uh, still technically married to this Roy Thornton guy. Uh, she yeah, gets married. Roy, I'm sorry, but Roy wasn't. <laughs> he was exactly a, a straight shooter either. He was a, a no, bad boy. No, she had a type, which was she probably why the attraction was there. But she marries this guy Roy Thornton before she's even 16. So she's like very close days before her 16th birthday. She drops out of high school and marries Roy Thornton. Roy Thornton is a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's cheating on her while they're while they're married. Uh, is absent from the from the <laughs> the household for you know weeks at a time kind of a thing. She finally has enough and swears off of him forever. Um, but again, she moves back uh, with her mother. Yeah, she moves back with her mother, and she's got and Bonnie's got two uh, two siblings, two other sisters. So um, you know she swears she swears off of. Uh, men entirely and everything else, but she still Yet a still wears kid, you know still wears her wedding ring to Roy Thorne, right. and also still. you said it had a, a certain piece of art that she had made. Yeah, they they while they were or while they were married and living together, they had a, a tattoo. Uh, she had a tattoo on her thigh of two intertangled hearts that uh, uh, two hearts <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and it, i think for the time too and you're talking the 1930s here or the late 20s that for a female to have a tattoo to begin with is yeah. not exactly uh oh yeah looked upon fondly by society and no it, that was the roaring 20s tramp stamp yeah you know right. <laughs> so the whole time they're separated she's posting on facebook how she's not going <laughs> to fall for that kind of guy anymore and she's in a better place it's uh essentially yes yeah. it's uh <laughs> Oh, she's the beginnings of the thoughts. Yeah. It's uh it's there. She's actually it's weird too because uh uh Clyde and her, when those two meet, it's like an immediate mutual attraction. They have the date roughly targeted to January fifth, nineteen thirty, when the two of them meet. Match.com. Yeah, pretty much. It was uh <laughs> not bumble. Swiping left, swiping right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, she's classy. She's not looking for that kind of guy anymore. 
No, no, it's uh, it's definitely not a Craigslist thing either. So they meet uh, the two are inseparable until we picked up on this a little bit, guys. Clyde's not good at timing. You pick up on that yet? All right. <laughs> yeah. So you finally meet the love of your life, and your ass goes right back to jail. So uh, this time the charges are a little bit more serious, and Clyde is sent to Eastham Prison Farm in uh, Texas and forced to do hard labor. Okay. Uh, and I know a little bit about hard labor, guys, because uh, I worked at the Home Depot once. <laughs> Long as we think you know life. about hard labor. <laughs> I worked at a Taco Bell. Beat that. Cahoons, never mind, buddy. That's uh, you can't see it right now, but I'm saluting you, bud. All right. <laughs> Salute received. Uh, I love Taco Bell. <laughs> you won't have to, to work in there. <laughs> no, she hates it. It's uh, no. When you go through the drive through at Taco Bell and you just see those blank stares, and you're just like, my God, the things you've seen. <laughs> I get flashbacks every time I drive past one. Post Taco Bell stress disorder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's group therapy for that. That's right. Yeah. No, you're not wrong, buddy. You're not wrong. Um, now this uh, Eastern Prison Farm. This is a tough prison, right, Dad? Yeah, it's just notorious. This is this is a bad place to be. You, you don't want to be some young young kid. Well, that was another uh, thing that comes out later on, but. Um, you don't want to be this, a yellow belly in this prison. <laughs> with this second charge, he is going off to prison. I mean, that first run-in with the law where he didn't get a rental car back in time, those charges were dropped. So he was arrested for that, but then charges were later dropped. But now with this later shenanigans that he was going through um, with Big Brother um, Buck, that uh, now he's he's going to be going off to prison and going to Eastham is uh, <laughs> not a not a start point for him. Now I saw a documentary about a Texas prison where if you're real good at football, they put you on a football team, <laughs> there you go. and then you can play your way out of the prison. Absolutely, it's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. <laughs> the longest something. Over there. <laughs> it was longest long... day? No, the longest yard. Yeah, okay. Fair enough, fellas. Fair enough. That's uh, that was Adam Sandler, right? Um, <laughs> oh my God, it hurts. Well, uh, unfortunately, Clyde uh, is now, he obviously hates this prison. He's not big on it. That becomes a theme for his entire life. He actually escapes with uh, the aid of Bonnie. So she plants like a weapon or something like that, and he's able to get out. I think uh, she brings in a gun. Yeah, well, and then, but it doesn't work. His ass gets turned right back around, unfortunately. Uh, almost, yeah, that, that seems to be a thing that also happens to him in there. Uh, Dad, you found out this, uh, our Clyde Champion Barrow, he was um, he was popular in prison, wasn't he, Dad? Uh yeah, he was oh. a, a young baby-faced, uh, uh. baby-faced kid that uh, he was he was passed around. So he's getting sexually assaulted in prison, which um, they they say that he went in. He was a mischievous kid. Then you come out of prison after facing sexual assault like this. By the way, he murders one of his uh, assaulters, if you will. Is that the right term, assaulters? Sure, someone who assaults. Assailants? Yeah, assailants. That'll be the word. We'll go with that. Good looks. <laughs> wow. So that book learning coming through again. I know, right? <laughs> he bashes this guy's head in with a, a lead pipe, and the guy who's already serving a life sentence takes the rap for it, so that he, uh, Clyde doesn't, you know, have to stay in jail. So, thought that was it. so. Clyde is uh, sexually assaulted often, and the prison experience had him going like full dark side now. So, like we said, mischievous kid, and then now when he came out, his own sister was saying like, "What? I don't know what happened." He's a hard man. criminal. Yeah, that was. You want to talk about a little time at Taco Bell, Cahoons? That's it right there, buddy. This guy um, was assistant manager at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, now this part was interesting too. So, this prison is big on uh, manual labor, like we talked about, and Clyde does not want to be doing any of that shit anymore. So, Clyde, what did we talk about with him with timing? 
You guys, he's good at it. There's a theme. Not here. good at it. Not so, good at it. Danny, you ever have a job you hated as a kid? You just find a way to get out of. Yes. What was it? Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Please continue. It was <laughs> Do you have any pictures to prove this? That's <laughs> uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Changing room photos would be appreciated. Jeez, <laughs> uh, uh, guys. Um, she had to clean the changing rooms afterwards. It was horrible. It, it was, was pretty uh, bad. Yeah, that's... Um, wow, we took a left turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. Moving right Rachel's, along. Kevin's like looking up in the air right now like he's thinking. No, it's... Uh, well, I'm just trying to like, make eye contact with Kahuna so we can get back outside. <laughs> but, anyway, that being said, Clyde does not want to go back to this manual labor, so he decides that he's going to do uh, what I also saw some guys in the military do, and that is uh, uh, self-harm in mm. order to uh, get out of some work here. So he decides that he's going to take an axe. Now, it's disputed as whether or not there was somebody else involved with it, too, right? That there was a guy. Yeah, whether he was self-inflicted or had a, a He good paid a guy to do it out. for him. Right. So he decides he's going to take his big toe off. Right. All right. Takes his big toe off and a good chunk of like his uh, one of his other toes as well. And um, the problem is, okay, first of all, it works. But now he's got to limp the rest of his entire life. And um, yeah, he did. He did that in the hopes that he would then be um, transferred to a, a place other than Eastham, which would be uh, a little more favorable to his. They'll put me in administration. This will be great. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll file all right, day. Right. I'll have a desk job. It'll be great. Lop a toe off and get a promotion. That's I can answer phones. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, this gives him that limp the rest of his life, which is oddly a thing that he and Bonnie would have in common later in Bonnie's life, too, as we're going right. to cover. But uh, as we mentioned, timing is never really Clyde's thing. And six days after taking an axe to his own foot, he gets paroled. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he gets paroled by uh, um, Mama... Uh, Mama Darrow's uh, influence that, uh, you know, it was some speculation that it was really Mama uh, Barrow who was really working the working the strings here, pulling pulling strings and everything else with some of the local officials and everything else. And she's telling the newspapers, and again, this is a whole media hype that she's telling the newspapers that um, my boy Clyde was really only... Uh, 18 at the time so he's a young kid he made a mistake you know you gotta get, let him off and everything else while he was 21 in, so, in, yeah. in reality he's 21 but you know again it's the, the newspapers get a hold of this that here's poor mama Barrow just trying to keep the family together everybody's on hard times and the poor kid is uh just got caught up with the wrong crowd. You know, it, was, it wasn't really my son that, that did all the wrongdoings, but he was with a bad crowd. Aspiring so rapper. Those other bad <laughs> boys. Time. Check out his SoundCloud link. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a Spanish mom, just so you know. Mm. <laughs> like, he deserves to be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you? That's right. It's true. Uh, I, I. Yeah, but six days after he lops off the toe. Yeah. He gets paroled. Good news. And there was speculation that it was by Mama's influence that he was actually paroled early to, uh, from the charges that he was facing. And he was just about to get serve. his Eastern prison tattoo on his other forearm, too. <laughs> right. so he got halfway go through the, it. <laughs> to go with the USN. Prison for a lie. <laughs> um, now, uh, during his time in prison, though, uh, this I thought was, uh, was worth mentioning real quickly, because we're about to get into, we're at the half hour mark right now, which is perfect. So we're going to get these these fine people back on their way. They have a, a, a bank to rob on their way out of here. You know um, it. So 
not for nothing. Let's get to the killing. Ready, Coons? Ready. Yeah, this is where their streak. It's impressive, man. Like I, I knew the story a little bit too. You kind of know them. They're they're a, a common uh, parlance of, uh, you know, obviously the resurgence in their popularity between the Jay Z and the Beyonce song about them. But uh, Clyde is released and reunited with Bonnie, and a gang member by the name of Ralph Fultz joins them as Clyde begins his plan to acquire enough weapons to assault his former prison. Okay. That's a whole theme throughout his life that he wants revenge on the Texas penal system. The penal system, Rich. Penal. The pe- rich, the penal. Rich, <laughs> rich. <laughs> the p- <laughs> he could. <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you call it that? Oh, the correctional facility. Correctional right. facility, there you go. There's that great joke by Kurt Metzger. Uh, I don't want to get too off topic here, but uh, Kurt Metzger has that special white precious that he did mm-hmm. when he talks about uh, locked up. And why it's, he goes, if you don't know about Locked Up, it's a great show where um, we threaten children with rape if they don't behave better. <laughs> <laughs> Scared straight. <laughs> Scare him. But uh, yeah, pretty fantastic stuff there. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, this guy, Ralph Fultz, joins up with the gang. This is the start of you know the Barrow gang, if you will, really. They got a crew that they're kind of running with beforehand here. But uh, there's a failed holdup at a hardware store when Bonnie and Ralph were captured and arrested because they were trying to get uh, firearms out of the store. Yeah, I mean, the hardware store in Texas is going to be selling any kind of weapon that you want. Uh, the, the one we saw in Estill, South Carolina, I was like, this is not... We would, we didn't have a gun aisle at the Home Depot. <laughs> That's right. All right. I was going to say, how do you fail at Aldo? Um, Try to rob a store that already has the guns. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shit. And the store owner is, is packing. Plus, maybe, maybe that's I, what. I forgot to take into account Texas. So Texas. Right. Oh, yeah. There's uh, We have a couple mantras on the show. There's uh, don't fuck with TR, uh, leave Boston alone. Uh, Jersey's the center of the universe, but don't mess with Texas. That's not ours, but that holds up in this story. So, um, Now, Bonnie and Ralph, like I said, captured and arrested. Bonnie's going to spend a few months in prison herself. And uh, pass her time writing poetry, all right? So, Danny, you ever really want to get some work done? Right. Right. Go hold up a Home right. Depot. You won't <laughs> be interrupted Bell. by the kids. That's right. Taco Bell not the Actually. <laughs> Do not collect $200. <laughs> After two weeks of being with the kids at home, oof, that sounds good. <laughs> good vacation. Nothing wrong with it. That's... Um, but she was eventually released because the, uh, the jury actually failed to indict her. So... Um, She's got a little bit of a criminal record here, but she's not really a true hardened criminal just yet. Um, and, and Clyde is making sure that uh, he's a he's accelerating that process. I'll put it that way. Um, during her time in prison, though, Clyde had been identified as the shooter in a holdup that killed a shopkeeper. So his first true murder, by the way, is the guy he kills, his sexual you know, uh, assailant in right. prison. That's his first real legit murder. Now, this one that he gets identified as the shooter in uh, there's contradicting reports that say that he was just the getaway driver for this one. So now there's a trail of bodies starting to you know, kind of collect underneath Clyde Barrow and the boys here. Um, now the trail of shit that he's going to leave in his wake is only going to start to get bigger here. So Bonnie rejoins Clyde and the gang in June. And in August, Clyde and his cronies open fire on two lawmen during a country dance in Oklahoma. I think alcohol was involved, Rich. No. Oh, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, dancing and uh, singing songs. And next yeah. on the top and all yeah. that. Kind of stuff. Now, Rich, have you ever been at a dance function or perhaps an '80s theme nightclub in Atlantic City? Right, right, and, right. Uh, and I just and somebody something bad happened to somebody that you were close to. Um, well, sometimes people drink too much and they think they're stronger than they are. It's, uh, and sometimes Joe <laughs> Carney's fatter than you ever thought. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, God, uh, you know. 
But uh, that's for another time. That's but, why we have wheelchairs. <laughs> Yes, I'm being wheelchaired out of the nightclub, uh, waving past Rich. Uh, and I'll always remember he just turned his back to make sure that uh, I knew that I was not going to ruin his evening. <laughs> That's right. So, Next. Uh, but, uh, you know, two guys that got their evening ruined at this particular country dance in Oklahoma, the two lawmen that try to approach the Barrow gang. The deputy was killed instantly, and the sheriff is gravely wounded. And these are now the first lawmen that have been killed by Clyde. Uh, one of the other shooters, gang member uh, Raymond Hamilton. You want to get a load of this? Coons, how old are you? Uh, 24. 24, okay. Uh, you would have to do some catching up here, but Raymond Hamilton, uh, before he turned 21, was later sentenced to 362 years in prison. Wow. So if you start playing catch up now, you might Easy, get... <laughs> easy sentence. That's right. Yeah, what three, was that for? 362. Uh, I'm pretty sure jaywalking, loitering. <laughs> Sounds about right. The huge. Um, that's what that's what you get in Texas or Moper in Oklahoma, rather, when you shoot a sheriff and his deputy. Uh, I would say. But, uh, I really thought you were about to bust out to uh, Bob Marley for a second. There. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Clyde's next victim. Now here's a good name for you, Danny Doyle Johnson. Mm. Yep, Doyle Johnson. That's another good porn name, isn't it? Doyle Johnson. Doyle Johnson is Buck Barrow in. <laughs> Not to be confused with the pineapple. That's <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> well, uh, Doyle Johnson is a young family man that Clyde shoots while stealing his car. So yeah. this guy is just innocent dude here. You know, no, he's not a lawman coming to break up your good time. He's just a guy whose car you want, and you wind up killing him. So he follows that up by shooting and killing a Texas deputy on January third, nineteen thirty-three. The Barrow Gang has now killed five people since April. That's a good. How many people have you killed, Danny? Be honest with me. Wow. Since April. Since April? <laughs> we won't talk about that on air. I know two people if you wanted to kill over Christmas break. I know that yeah. much. But yes. <laughs> that's the gimmick, by the way. That's why uh, my parents were teachers, so all of our vacations always lined up together. And it's just... That's harsh. It gets... Uh, I advocate for all year. All year... Uh, School. School. Your school. <laughs> right. No vacation. She hasn't directly answered yet, by the way. <laughs> oh, no. Just no. count the teardrops. Uh, it's, uh, I think they call that boarding school. It's a lot boarding. we said for boarding school. <laughs> should be national. So happy. Danny's fascinating uh, to have as a friend, too, because um, once she starts to get frustrated with you, that's when you see. Because you, you look at her, you're like, this girl could just be Italian or Greek or something like that. You don't even know. And then all of a sudden, when you see the uh, the fiery Latina come out, and it's terrifying, and you're like, oh, well, we're fucking up, aren't we? Okay. So. Like, what did oh, you so do? Oh, so we're about to die. <laughs> yeah. Like it's watching her eyes. yell at Natty Bumper Car because he's being too much of an asshole during a photo shoot. <laughs> One of the highlights of my life. He had it coming. <laughs> it's, so it's, the it's the eyes. It's the eyes. It's I, I, I. I. That's what, that's what I know. Uh, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's time for a nice little family reunion segment here, speaking of murdering people. Mm. Um, guess who's getting out of prison, Rich? Um, Bonnie. Buck Barrow. Damn it. Buck. Yep. Buck. Bonnie's out of prison at this time. She's reunited with the yeah, gang. She's, she's running there. with the gang harder than Buck is at this time. So, Buck got a Buck. contract to do some porn. That's a <laughs> Buck. Buck gets a, a full pardon from prison and is reunited with his uh, wife 
and uh, now his younger brother, and now his girl. So, and they learn from their mistakes, Dad, and they give up on their life. Of Absolutely, the two couples now go off hand in hand into the sunset. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sh- That's so beautiful. The show will be known as the Honeymooners. <laughs> they started a goat farm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Quentin Tarantino. So, what's the actual ending? Oh boy. Um, well, it gets a little bit wild here. So, uh, they Buck got um, wild. Essentially, um, Clyde and uh, the Barrow gang member have a new uh, new member here. Buck's wife Blanche and Bonnie are going to take care of the housekeeping aspect, while the gang operated out of a hideout in Joplin, Missouri. Rich, this uh, this is not something you're familiar with. Loud, drunken, all night card games. No, became, never became a regular thing. And uh, when the guys were away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Girls night out. That's the truth. Um, Now, uh, not for nothing, um, Dak, can you explain to everybody what a BAR rifle is? Browning automatic rifle. Indeed. Okay. Now, what caliber does that shoot? That's a thirty caliber rifle. Now, is that what's known in France as a big fucking caliber? And, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was like the weapon, that, uh, most lethal, if you will, because could, could, it was uh, an automatic or semi-automatic. That uh, that was a badass rifle to be had from the going back to the First World War. So, if you've seen. Um, if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, it's the gun that uh, Ed Burns is carrying. Right. The, the big rifle that's um, it's going to let people know you're there. Right. So that rifle happens to be uh, Clyde's kind of uh, um, firearm of choice, if you will. And uh, never more so is that apparent than uh, one night when during one of the card games, he accidentally fired it off in the apartment. This is supposed to be a safe house, by the way. They're going through a case of beer a day. They're playing poker all night. It's, you know... Watching old Royal Rumbles on YouTube. <laughs> and firing off high-powered yeah. weapons. Yep. It's, uh, <laughs> we're a couple white claws away from reliving that one, buddy. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was a problem. We introduced my buddy Garifo to white claws, and now it's become his personality. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, he's the best, though. If we w- He wants to come on this show as a guest, but uh, we won't record in West Orange, so he won't. <laughs> Down the hill, West Orange. Yeah. Right. little local humor for you guys. The ankle bracelet doesn't let him out of no, West no. Orange. <laughs> so, <laughs> so keep in mind, um, keep in mind, this is supposed to be a safe house where they're hiding out right now. And when you're accidentally firing your assault rifle off inside the house, your neighbors are going to notice. And uh, authorities are tipped off, and a small posse of officers are now sent to investigate. There's five cops that show up. All right, and they suspect that it's going to be moonshiners. That's what they're thinking they're going to get themselves into. Um, now, the five officers are spotted and fired upon by the Barrow brothers. Two of them are killed instantly. And then Bonnie, get a load of this, Bonnie now picks up the BAR, that big badass rifle, and lays down suppressing fire, uh, pinning down one of the deputies behind a tree. And then uh, the bullets are going into the tree, shooting splinters into the guy's eyes. So they're now on foot making their getaway into the, you know, diving into the getaway car so that they can drive off. She was just angry. That's right. <laughs> guys didn't clean up, you know. I said I was hungry. I was hungry. You said you'd do the dishes. <laughs> yeah, and she's uh, not a big woman to be firing nope. off a BAR. I mean, that was a, a very heavy weapon and with, you know, No, it's supposed to kick like uh, the noisy cricket in Men in Black when Will Smith <laughs> shoots That's what I'm picturing. This, but, yeah. but she's pulling it off, man. Yeah, not so much. So, wild stuff, though. Uh, the gang escapes, and uh, but most of their belongings are now left in the safe house here. Now, this is where photography comes in uh, big time here, Danny. You did a photo uh, shoot for Headshot that I, I wore a suit for. Now people think I'm fancy. I'm not fancy, all right? If, you're, uh, if you were here in studio, you guys know that I'm, uh, I'm wearing a, uh, a, 
a wife beater and uh, boxers while we're recording this <laughs> episode. Right. We're just happy you're wearing the boxers. That's, that's really, really. <laughs> Under protest. <laughs> There's rules here. But, There's uh, ladies here. Come on. <laughs> but I thought this was worth noting, is that... Uh, the, um, there's a bunch of stuff that's left in the house. There's weapons, money, uh, their clothing, and an undeveloped roll of film with what would become the iconic photos of Bonnie and Clyde. Danny, did you look at any pictures of them before you came in today? No, I didn't, actually. They're so pretty bad. Fit. Cahoon's going to bring a couple of them up, but Dad, kind of walk me through this one here. Yep. So, oh, the, the, yeah, what's the, on the, the film? The pictures, it was surmised that the, the photos were taken with them just hamming it up comment again up that they were they had bonnie smoking a cigar although she did smoke cigarettes she never really smoked a cigar but she's got a cigar in her mouth and she's um packing pistols and and heavy weapons and uh they're just being very campy with their with their poses um playing a role really Uh, and it was really just for them for themselves but once the uh, the authorities, if you will, come into possession of this undeveloped role of film and develop up the pictures, and the media gets a hold of it. Well, you know, uh, if the story's better than the truth, go with the go with the story. So, are you telling me that the newspapers might not be genuine people? Not not exactly accurate to the true story. No, I'm glad that ended. <laughs> really, really, we got past that. Yeah. So they literally are controlling their own narrative. Uh, essentially, yes. Now, the the fun part for these two is that uh, this actually makes them sensationalized. So they become pretty big hits. And like we said, it's rough times in America. There's people that are actually rooting for them because they're saying, oh, they're just not, you know, you, you, you lie to yourself. Oh, they're just knocking off the banks or, oh, the, you know, Johnny Law deserves it, that kind of a thing, you know. Um, so it's very interesting here. But these photos, like we said, are now uh, getting them this seemingly fawning press coverage. They're being turned into celebrities. We're talking about names. We were talking about names earlier. Names. John Dillinger. Matinee, good-looking guy, okay? John Dillinger was a handsome man. And sure, he was I would. Public enemy number one. So, uh, other names. Pretty Boy Floyd. Babyface Nelson. The Big Kahuna. <laughs> All right, these were... <laughs> I'm just immortal. Like, yeah. That is now cemented in the legacy of this show. Just I'm around... Icons. Icons, people. We go all the way back. He's actually Queequeg from uh, Moby Dick, too. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's good stuff here. Um, These photos are amazing. Yeah, like... uh, Great composition. (laughs) (laughs) I like the contrast of the light and the dark. (laughs) There you go. What do you... uh, When you're looking at these photos, you actually have a a more keen eye for that stuff than us, Danny. What, um... I mean, you think they're just messing around or what? No, I think their their uh, composition, like I said, it's pretty, it's really good. I mean, I I feel like at least Bonnie, since she was more artistic, was really in the lead to uh, to be taking all these. It really does bring out the personality of both of them. It's well, like publicity shots. Publicity it's going to make shots. them overnight their legends. Their own promo right. photos. Their and own and promo it's not just the newspapers, but their stories are now being written up, whether factual or not, by um, the true detective mm-hmm. you know, novels and all this kind of stuff. So their their story is bigger than they actually are. They were just some really small town thugs that were killing people, but now the whole story is that you know they're um, like movie star um, status kind of a thing that they're doing their own thing and uh, thumbing their nose at uh, at authority if it happens to be cops or whatever but really they're just full-time uh, thugs and they're not married dad and i think they're having sex 
Unbelievable. Oh, no. well, that could oh, be no. too. That could be too. And then just, I mean, for Bonnie to be having a cigar in her mouth, I mean, if, uh, that and the pose that she's striking is that... certainly not anything that uh, a proper young lady is going to be doing in the times of the 1930s. Totally. Shooting, driving, robbing, fucking. That's it. <laughs> it boils it down. Not, she, like not said, order. She's got the tattoo. She's got <laughs> sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So not a nice girl. No, and, she and didn't here, come from Catholic school. No, <laughs> and she is a nice girl. Like uh, in terms of, they said she was bright. The the teachers remembered her fondly. She did keep a journal and she did write poems and stuff like that. It's pretty wild, but um, I feel like that's what happened with me. That's <laughs> yeah. Look at you now. We're going to take some photos later. What's your attraction to those bad boys that uh, lead you down boys, the, right? the trail to ruin? <laughs> well, you got to hope that uh, you got to hope that Rich is paying a little bit more attention to the road than uh, Clyde was on one particular night in uh, June tenth, nineteen thirty-three. Um, June tenth, honey. Yeah, mm-hmm. Juneteenth. That's our anniversary. I know. That's uh, that's the day I quit drinking for the first time. <laughs> first time that month. Mm-hmm. That's it. So on June 10th, 1933, Clyde flips the gang's car, and Bonnie is severely injured, suffering third-degree burns on her leg. Okay? Part yeah, of her that... bones were exposed, and the gang feared her wounds were fatal. Ouch. Yeah, Clyde is zooming along. I mean, he's... Known, he likes to drive cars, and he likes to drive cars fast. He likes. Oh, so he V8. speeds too. Yeah, jerk. So you got a speeding ticket besides killing cops. He's also like a you. speeder. Um, but it, reports were that he was doing like seventy miles an hour. Now today's standards, he did more than that coming here tonight. Right. But back then, when a Model A Ford is probably topping out at forty-five miles an hour, he's he's really zooming. He's got a high-powered uh, vehicle to be doing that flips the thing in a ditch and battery acid spills onto uh, Bonnie's leg eating away flesh down to the bone and it, battery it, acid yeah battery acid from so the car that's how she mm-hmm. right because at the time the batteries were not under the hood the batteries like under the floorboard so when he flips the car the battery comes out of its compartment if you will and spills battery acid on her leg and they said that if it if it had not been for a farmhouse nearby where they were able to get um, uh, baking soda to count and sprinkled baking soda onto her acid burns, that uh, she would have been so, you know, more severely injured than she was. But when she's you still got, got a limp for the rest of her yeah, life. When you, this. when you get you know, a, a acid burn down to the bone, that's pretty serious to my, yeah. uh, to my way of thinking. That would hurt. I feel like that would be the end. A few? Of the relationship. <laughs> God, you flipped the wow. car and got batteries. One little on car me. for one little car for half your leg, it? and you're going to break up with them. Jeez, well, yeah. and all the good times that we had. <laughs> That's it. I'm going back to That's school. It. I'm done. <laughs> well, uh, now this is going to limit things too, because now, if you remember, uh, Clyde is a bit of a gimp, and now, uh, in order to assist Bonnie around, because she's going to be a gimp now. Um, it's literally, it's almost kind of endearing if you picture it's a, a three-legged race. <laughs> For years, they tied their legs together, and they were faster than a jackal. And a part of that whole car crash thing, too, when he's zooming uh, at the unheard of speed of 70 miles an hour, he's probably driving barefoot, or at mm. least in his he had socks, to drive because barefoot, he yeah. had to take his shoes off in order to drive due to him lopping his toes off. That, Which uh, is also against the law. Yeah, you can't be driving. Unbelievable. 
Bet Jeez. you can put a flip-flop on A flagrant <laughs> disregard. <laughs> but you don't have a big toe. I guess the flip-flop's a little hard to keep on your foot, right? <laughs> Are there any laws this guy followed? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He didn't he even did use a band to the bone. He didn't oh. drink on Sundays. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so she's, uh, because she's going to need this assistance, now they have to start like planning things a little bit more carefully for these heists and whatnot. But while they're holding up in a safe house in Missouri, a massive gunfight breaks out between what a, a would-be posse of lawmen and the Barrow Gang, armed with Thompson machine guns. So that's like what the paratroopers would have uh, in World, you know, it's World War II uh, weapon. Uh, no, World War One weapon. Well, the Thompson, if we're talking about a straight clip, then it was World War II. But if you're talking about the drum, then it's the World drum, War One, yeah. which is the Tommy gun. So that's a gangster gun, if you <laughs> yes, will. Yes, yes, yes. So, armed with Thompson machine guns and even an armored car, the officers were outmatched by Clyde's BAR rifle when a bullet caused the armored car's horn to go off. All right. The posse thought that that was a ceasefire, a signal from the armored car, because they're haunt- someone's laying on the corner. We're like, oh, I guess I guess we're done for the day. <laughs> That's the whistle. Yeah, but dabba do. So uh, this allows the Barrow gang to escape once again. So they got away, but not unscathed. Buck Barrow takes a gunshot to the head and lived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is still alive. They can see parts of his brain. But he's still able to eat and talk, and he's he's miserable. He's not Only feeling a flesh it. wound. flesh <laughs> wound. So, but uh, yeah, and his wife Blanche is blinded by glass that had been shot into her eyes. So during a uh, another in shoot, this was a shootout in Iowa. Afterwards, they were hiding out. This is like this is almost like Bruce Springsteen wrote this song. Uh, you want to guess where they were hiding out in Iowa? In an abandoned amusement park. <laughs> so yeah they're hanging out in this abandoned amusement park and uh this uh they now get completely surrounded by like a hundred man posse okay because they realize who it is they realize it's the barrow gang and they're famous again remember they're getting written about in the papers all the time here buck is now shot in the back while trying to escape and blanche is captured bonnie clyde and other gang members escape on foot can we just enjoy for one minute that this a posse of a hundred men is not able to track down two gimps on foot. Hobbling along, <laughs> hobbling along. Right, right. In a uh, three-legged race. Yeah, there's almost, I've seen this Three Stooges sketch. Yeah, yeah there's like almost a, a Master Frodo kind of a thing going on here with this. <laughs> One-legged uh, man in an ass-kicking contest. Yeah, right? Well, Buck unfortunately dies a few days later. So, uh, And his, mm-hmm. his cause of death, by the way, pneumonia. Gunshot wound to the head, right. gunshot wound to the back, captured in prison, pneumonia takes him out. So... Uh, Bonnie now found herself being charged with murder for the first time. Mm. Any chance that she had of playing innocent was now gone. The papers cover their every exploit and the violent nature of their crimes begins to turn public opinion against them. So now on January 6th, 1934, Bonnie and Clyde are going to pull off the crime that leads to their downfall. Uh, This one's pretty cool. This one I was impressed with. Uh, A daring prison break uh, at Clyde's former home at the Eastham Prison Farm which, as you guys remember, that's his whole motivating factor here. I want to get back at these guys. Goddamn. So, um, yeah, he uh, it goes ahead, and they bust out some of his own gang members that are on a working party. Now, during the breakout, the gang killed Major Joe Croson. Uh, on the show, like we said, we don't mess with TR, but everybody knows you don't mess with Texas. Texas. I thought we were going to do the whole thing with a, with a Texan accent there. <laughs> See who can hold it all together. Goddamn. I'll tell you what, I'll bring my buddy James Mack in, and he'll do a Chilean accent, and you two can see who upsets <laughs> the other one. Really. I cannot do a Spanish accent for the life of me That's at a, all. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Well, um, 
they kill this uh, this major Joe Croson guy, and that pisses off pretty much all of Texas. The Texas governor at the time, Kathy Bates. Yes, <laughs> was she not the most perfectly cast person <laughs> yeah. in that movie too? God damn, you... we got to go get that boy. That's in <laughs> her name. This is the best name I could think of. Like in a show that has Pretty Boy Floyd and uh, John Dillinger and Babyface Nelson, Ma Ferguson. Ma, the fact that Ma Ferguson. Ferguson's He's coming for you. That's <laughs> governor governor of Texas. Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. kill more of than so. pneumonia. She decides that uh, she's going to start getting involved here. They're going to put prices on Bonnie and uh, uh, Clyde's head, which is important to me here. Now, uh, this brings us to the movie we were just talking about, which if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great flick, yeah. The Highwaymen. So, oh, that's a Bonnie and Clyde movie. It is. Uh, they're oh, not. Okay. They're not even major characters in it, though. They are the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really focusing on this next guy who... I, I couldn't believe this was a true story when I was reading about it. Um, so they bring in the Texas Board of Corrections wants to bring a uh, legendary Texas Ranger named Frank Hamer out of retirement. Walker. Yep. <laughs> uh, when he has the Ranger upon him. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest Chuck Norris Walker Texas Ranger moment I've ever seen forever, though, is still going to be uh, when uh, he busts, a, they do a raid or something like that, and it's this big guy, and he goes, you're lucky you got that gun, Ranger, otherwise I'd kick your butt. <laughs> and Chuck Norris goes, oh, yeah, and just throws the gun across the room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to narrow Norris it down. Man. The I'm greatest. Not. Chuck was the best. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they bring, uh, uh, they bring this guy, um, Hammer, Hammer, out of retirement, along with his partner, this is a name for you, Manny Galt, played by Woody Harrelson. Uh, they begin tracking the Barrow Gang all across the country. The heat was turned up even more after the infamous Grapevine murders on Easter Sunday yeah. when Bonnie and Clyde killed two patrolmen in a sensational story. Uh, talk to me about that one, LP. Unpack that. No, the, the, these uh, Bonnie and Clyde, I mean, the, the common misconception is that they're living this life of glamour, that they're robbing banks by day and living up the high life and partying and everything else. So that's really not the case, that they were... They were petty thieves, really, and oftentimes they're just robbing uh, grocery stores, you know, little mom and pop operations, and uh, gas stations, and that kind of stuff because it was easy to get away uh, from. Um, there was even reports that they knocked off a gumball machine for their coins that were in the gumball <laughs> machine just so they could buy something to eat because they're constantly on the run. They're always in fear of being caught, um, and as they become more and more famous, if you will, or infamous, that. Uh, they're more readily recognized. So um, they're sleeping in their car on the side of the road when two um, policemen come upon them and start to approach the car. And then uh, later witness reported that as the two policemen are, are approaching their car on Easter Sunday morning, um, Clyde is reported to have yelled out, um, take them. They also have a history that we really didn't cover upon yet, that the Barrel Gang had a history of, of uh, kidnapping people and then holding, holding them for ransom. So this eyewitness, supposedly, a guy that was in a farmhouse up the road, says he hears Clyde yell, take them, and another one of the members in the car starts you know, killing the cops, shooting the cops. And then Clyde. Well, sir, if I kill all fires. the golfers, aren't they going to get a little upset? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but you know that was really a whole game changer as far as public opinion was concerned too because now on Easter Sunday morning these two cops are approaching the car and they just opened fire before they even had an opportunity to defend themselves and the one cop it was he was a rookie cop I mean he just started working for the police force so this young cop is now gunned down in cold blood I think I remember I want to make sure I have this right but it definitely stood out to me that the one the young cop's uh, wife not wife yet, fiance, uh, wore yeah. her wedding dress to the funeral because she was right. never going to get to wear it down the aisle. This young rookie cop is engaged to be married, and then he's gunned down before they are married. And the um, you know prospective widow or the <laughs> young bride or to-be bride now goes to his funeral wearing the wedding gown that she never got to wear at her own wedding. Yeah, that's thing. how you so, make a statement. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a- you know, again, public opinion is... Uh, quickly turning on the would you do that for me honey of course baby always <laughs> do we have to test that out Rich, yeah. that we gun you down <laughs> you know i pride myself on us not having any dead air on this show and uh i don't know if you noticed rich nobody was touching that with a fucking 10 foot pole so those are known as the grapevine murders now what's important here about this is that that story gets sensationalized like you said dad so there's this idea that bonnie uh the urban legend of the story is that she actually gets out of the car and is laughing while she's pulling off the coup de grace. Yeah, one of the the cops is is not killed outright. He's severely wounded, but then um, the legend, if you will, is that Bonnie gets out of the car and walks up to the the now fatally shot um, cop and puts the the final touches on him. So the, uh, the the press that was giving them this fawning coverage, it's now over, okay? You're not getting that anymore. There's a political cartoon that gets run in the paper that had, uh, you want to call back to an earlier episode, Cones, um, Old old Smokey. I'm sorry, maybe Old Sparky, I think. Old Sparky. Old Sparky, yeah. The uh, Texas uh, electric chair. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, political cartoon of that that says reserved for Bonnie and Clyde. So <laughs> the political cartoons, when Snoopy and Peanuts are telling you you're about to die, that's... You're, you're in trouble. Serious. Yep. Well, you know, American uh, media builds you up and then tear you down. Very much so. Uh, oh. They've turned on them completely here. Ma Ferguson put a price out on your head. Um, you got uh, a retired Ma. legendary Texas Ranger that's coming out for you. It's it's going to get ugly here. So the same press coverage that made them into sex symbols and wild dime store novels has now turned on them, exposed their ruthlessness, their constant gunfights with a body count. These are now dogs that got to get put down hard. Okay? So... After a betrayal from within the gang by Henry Methvin, who's a real piece of shit in his own right. Mm. Um, what was his name again? Henry Methvin. Methvin. Methvin? Yeah. Well, there you go. He said he was a real piece of shit with a, with a last name like Methvin. Yeah, it's uh, it, it literally is almost spelt Methvan, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Frank Hamer is now able to track Clyde and the gang down to uh, Bienville Parish in Louisiana. And on March 23rd, 1934, a joint posse. Now, Rich, let's, I didn't say what you do for a living, but let's say Talk that uh, they make movies about this a lot where the local guys are getting angry because the FBI just came in. Yeah, they stomp all over their hard yeah, work. No good. Take here. all the credit. Maybe you were on an episode of the show once where we talked about J. Edgar Hoover, the I head know of that the guy. Bureau of Investigation. So these agencies are all kind of working together now because uh, we talk about at the very end here how succinctly the public enemy era kind of comes to a very tragic end right. uh, as we're wrapping up here. But yeah, the overlapping jurisdictions of you got Texas Rangers are now hunting for these guys, but Bonnie and Clyde are going across state lines to try to escape jurisdiction. 
um, or so they thought. But well, for yeah, for years they were, I guess. If right, nobody's following you across the state line. Do a, do a robbery in Missouri, jump over. I mean, that's how Smokey and the Bandit were able to uh, well, yeah. bring the illegal cores and again, <laughs> across state And again, lines. Duke's a hazard. That's <laughs> part of all. That's when right. you're getting chased, if you can get over that bridge. Right, you're in the next over. county and it's out of you your can do. Uh, his jurisdiction. What, what's Roscoe have to do except, you know, <laughs> ring his hat and be like, a flash. Now, those Bonnie and Clyde, they got themselves in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> That's right. Kahuna yeah. just wrote one of my favorite, he just texted it to me, he just wrote one of my favorite jokes that I think we're going we're gonna to try to end on that one in a second. But uh, So, uh, they've got it all set up now that on May 23rd, this joint posse of Texas and Louisiana lawmen are laying in wait for Bonnie and Clyde. And uh, they think they're not gonna actually going to make the they think that their ambush isn't going to work. And then all of a sudden, they hear the sound of Clyde's V8 as he's speeding. So this started off as a uh, traffic violation. <laughs> um, the V8 alerted the posse that their prey was approaching. And the lawmen, okay, as Bonnie and Clyde's car, the two of them are in there, right? Clyde's driving, Bonnie's next to him in the passenger seat. And they pull up and they think, all right, well, we're just going to you know, keep moving along our way. And then the posse empty 130 rounds into them. Yeah, but that's quick. That's... <laughs> Get this one, all right? They started off with automatic rifles. They emptied the magazine. Then they move into shotguns, okay? Then they move into pistols, okay? Mm-hmm. All the meanwhile, it's them, uh, the, the car's still moving, and then it crashes into a ditch. Not moving, it's really rolling at this point. Well, yeah, because, yeah. uh, well, Clyde dies right away. He takes a headshot, he's gone. Bonnie dies a couple minutes later. So, uh, very violent death for the two of them to end here. Now, that being said, I'm going to get And they ran up, stabbed them, <laughs> started beating them with the end of their this guns. Bonnie Mc... Uh, <laughs> Set them on fire. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde, not rescued. Beheaded them. <laughs> burned the bodies. That's, all the above. Pulled out their teeth one by one. It's um, basically a Vigo de Carpathian. <laughs> <laughs> Where will we be without a Ghostbusters reference on this Wait. show, my friend? <laughs> so there was a, a meme that went on. So we're going to wrap up the story here in a second, but there was a, a meme that went out there that uh, I really was enjoying that uh, I saw first on Kahuna's uh, Facebook page. Because of course I shared it. And it was a, well, I've sent a couple of them out to people and it got dark fast. But uh, <laughs> the, the game was uh, you pick a movie. And you have one actor that can stay in the movie, and the rest of the cast is played by Muppets. Okay. And so Kahuna just texted me. He just goes, Bonnie and Clyde, you keep uh, keep Bonnie and Clyde, everyone else is Muppets. <laughs> just picture just Big Bird just emptying around after. There you go. <laughs> or I'm, I'm switch picture. or switch it and it's Gonzo and Camilla as Bonnie and Clyde and then everyone else is the same. Picture and beaker. And again, I, I don't want to make it a, a recurring thing, but uh, I just pictured a uh, Swedish chef delivering a kill shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there you have it. On May 23rd, 1934, it's over. The crime spree has come to an end here. Bonnie and Clyde's car crashes into a ditch. Bonnie and Clyde were each shot more than 50 times each. Got yeah, so, it's still not enough. It got so bad to the point where the... Uh, um, I, I call them a coroner in the notes, but it's not the mortician, right? The Dude, mortician, the, yeah. The the car is completely shot up. They're completely shot up. The car is then towed into the nearest town where there was a uh, a mortuary, a uh, um, a mortician. That there was a furniture store in the front and the mortuary office or Multitasking. was yeah. uh, in the back, which was pretty common for the 1930s. I mean, you it was hard to make a make ends meet on just one livelihood. But um, they had a hard time embalming the body because uh, all the embalmer's juices kept running out of all the bullet holes. Just tape them up. Yeah. Anybody got duct tape? 
but it's pretty rough over there. Um, now, the scene, immediately, you'd think, like, oh, finally, these lawmen, they got everything handled. Now they can actually get a little bit of peace. The entire town descends upon them. I mean, it's nuts. The cops who uh, were in the posse are now actually being forced to do crowd control because there's people. They lit- I'm not even exaggerating this one. There's people ripping parts of the car off. People are picking up uh, rifle casings. The shell casings, yeah. Uh, and, and this wasn't just the town. This was, the like, the whole surrounding area. I mean, oh, yeah. In well, Louisiana, and it's got not a county. It's a parish. But, I mean... People are coming from miles around to uh, witness. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine what a, a, the, the scene must have been like, but this is what's a true story that uh, Manny Galt, the guy who was played by Woody Harrelson, um, he was actually so shook up by this because he saw a guy with a pocket knife reach in to uh, try to clip off Clyde's ear to keep as a souvenir. Oh, my wow. Yeah, so... It's uh, that'd be hilarious to you bring it home. Your dog gets into it on accident. That's well, no, I could just see it hanging in the shared universe studio, uh, <laughs> right between the Golden Girls and Mystery Science Theater. How you know we talking. don't have it already? <laughs> it's a, I'm gonna have to keep looking. It's in the other room in a glass case. <laughs> or is but yeah, I mean, people are picking up shell casings. They're taking off p- parts of the car. They're picking up shards of glass from the shot-out windows and everything. Whatever they could could uh, scrounge for uh, a keepsake, if you will, because of the, um, you know, the, the whole media buildup that these the, these two had for the, for the times. It was uh, craziness, craziness. And actually, the car is still still on display today. Um, in a, it's in a, a casino in Nevada, but not in Vegas. No, no. But one of the parts where uh, prostitution is legal. That's. A <laughs> I'm going to say outside of Reno, but yeah. Uh, was that Nevada? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it okay. is. Yeah. Nevada's really just three cities. That's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> With but, a lot uh, of sand. Kahuna brought it up there, so that's the that's the car. That's where uh, the lawman just unleashed hell on them. And uh, not for nothing, Let's if you look at their body of work, they kind of deserved it. They kind of were uh, resigned to their fates, though. Weren't you saying that, Dad? They, they knew this. Yeah, they knew what was going on, and they knew that... Um, you know, they they knew how this was. They weren't going to face a trial and possible sentencing. That they were going to go out guns blazing. That there was no way that Clyde was going to go back to jail. And uh, I think Bonnie was just swept up in that same that same attitude. Um, but yeah, that, that you know, they they knew that their their end was not going to be um, a peaceful end. They weren't going to surrender by any stretch no. of the imagination. I mean, look at all the different times that they were completely surrounded. You got a hundred law officers surrounding this abandoned amusement park or wherever it was that they were held up in, and uh, you know, they went out in, in a blaze of glory. So, uh, Danny, uh, y- you ever go on spring break? Yes. Did you ever uh, get married to a guy, then break it off with him, then run off with another guy, uh, and then just have a string of bank robberies and you know, ultimately wind up getting killed in a car? Well, I was thinking this whole time, what did Clyde have? <laughs> that Bonnie just kept on going back. That's I a, wonder. Mm. Uh, he probably he probably just read her poems and said they were great. That's really <laughs> all it takes sometimes. He was a good listener. <laughs> you know, he made her feel like she was smart. Well, now get this. She is shot wearing her wedding ring to uh, Roy Thornton from the beginning of the story. Roy. Roy finds out that she gets killed uh, in a gunfight, and he goes, you know what, that's better. I, I would prefer that rather than her get caught. Good for her for getting killed in a violent <laughs> manner. Um, and despite uh, Bonnie and Clyde's wishes to be buried together, uh, the Parker family, Bonnie's family, uh, forbade it. They did not allow it to happen. Bonnie's funeral attracted over 20,000 people. 20,000. Wow. All right. We don't have 20,000 listeners of this show. <laughs> um, Yet. 
It's a <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kahuna. But uh, positive. The uh, the two were buried separately, and uh, like we said, Bonnie was killed wearing the wedding ring from her first marriage. Still, there's something to be said about being attracted to the wrong type of guy. Is that fair enough to say? Don't say it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you agreed for life. LP, I know you got. Um, I know you have a Jersey connection here. Yeah, trying as I will, it was really tough trying to find a uh, a Texas couple uh, with a, with a Jersey tie-in. But uh, as a sign of the time, we were talking about fast cars. I mean, for Clyde to be driving the V8, that was uh, that was as bad as you could possibly get with the Speedster uh, and all that type of thing. But I did find an interesting little tidbit that in 1933, New Jersey did have a first, <laughs> and the first drive-in movie theater was in 1933 in our own New Jersey. Uh, it's a park in theater located in our own Camden, New Jersey. And what a garden spot that is in the Garden State. Um, I think it's actually a Walmart now. It, it could, I'm not kidding. I believe it. It could accommodate 400 vehicles at one time, and it costs 25 cents per car plus 25 cents per person to attend a screening. Actually, the guy who came up with that whole concept um, really tried to... Uh, um, take all of the credit for that or uh, put a, uh, a restriction on that that only his his methods could be used in the drive-ins but that was quickly overturned uh, his patent was overturned in 1949 paving the way for more drive-ins to the point now it's hard to find a drive-in yeah that, there's only that, one that, there's only one in the state turn and win went awry but uh, a sign of the times of you know fast cars and uh, fast women, women fast women and everything else but uh, <laughs> uh, that was just another sign of the times but my dad's been doing uh, yoga by the way because uh, that Jersey connection was a stretch <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I told you it was a stretch for the well, first I, drive -in uh, movie. we, we got a, I got a really disturbingly good one for the next episode so I'm happy about that but um, that being said do we miss anything else out on the story here guys um, one thing I read, which I thought was very interesting, is that um, Bonnie and Clyde were huge Dallas Cowboy fans. Um, <laughs> from, that's what they bonded on. And, you mean uh, their, their love of losers? No, <laughs> their love of America. Thank you, sir. They do what it takes. America's team. America's team. I did uh, learn something. Uh, I actually had read about Bonnie and Clyde's car before, because it's still disputed if it's actually the real one. Oh, no they, shit. they still don't properly know. Apparently, it just wasn't documented well. So either the one that's sitting in Vegas is the one from the Warren movie, the one that I texted you about. Ah. It's either that car, or it's still disputed, like which one is actually le legit. Interesting. Now, mm. yeah, every time I've been to Nevada, no one's ever lied to me. That girl loved me. <laughs> <laughs> so, she thinks your name was John. That's <laughs> that's uh, for our friend Kevin Garifo. He won't listen. <laughs> she was laughing at your Spanish. She didn't love Damn you. Damn it. <laughs> but, uh, Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show here. Thank All right? you. It's, uh, you're a big part of this. You're, you're a big part of the whole creation of the show, too. So hope you know how much I appreciate that. And uh, not for nothing. You want anything else you want to plug? Where can people see your photography? It's all on the website, right? DannyMcDonald.co? Yeah, DannyMcDonald.co. It's like on the it. website. I do, uh, you know, basically um, anything except for nudity. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, no, this was it was long fascinating. Overdue. 
So this was, uh, uh, again, this was a good one. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Rich and I love you, buddy. Thank you for coming down for the show. Uh, Thank you for having me, man. This is a third time on. Definitely one of the top three funnest episodes I've done. Uh, good chance I'm, Carney for Instagram. I may actually listen to one of the podcasts this time. Wow! Yeah, oh, this wow. could be the one. Thank you, thank this you, could buddy. be the one. That's um, yeah, McDonald and Carney uh, for our upcoming dates. And uh, thank you for having me, man. This is a blast being down here. It was a good one, man. So uh, LP, anything else you want to go out on? No, I think that's it. Other than uh, you know. Bonnie and Clyde, they were star-crossed lovers, as we've uh, found out from Danny's uh, research. That, uh, I think you should add that to all of yours, the uh, astrological. Response. It would make sense. It would make it was sense. like, oh, uh, uh, turns out uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt was an Aries and an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he was. What, we got to figure that stuff out like that. Teddy would be a good one for that. Be, but if he's a Taurus, it makes sense. But hey, uh, that being said, guys, this was uh, an awesome episode. Thank you so much for being here for it. Uh, guys, well, I appreciate you guys listening, all right? This is the first podcast of the new year, so uh, welcome back to the 20s. So we're giving you a roaring 20s-type episode. Um, it's a good time to be alive, man. <laughs> but uh, that being said, if you guys like the show, please uh, follow us on Instagram over at American Loser Podcast. Uh, I'm KP Burke. You can check me out at, uh, at KP Burke Sucks on Twitter and Instagram. KP Burke over on Facebook. Uh, it really, I, I get a kick out of it when people reach out, and I hope you guys know that it means a lot to us. We are going to try to do something to help the people out who uh, or recognize the people who've been here on the ground floor with us on this thing so that being said guys that was Bonnie and Clyde American Losers an American loser the day I was born an American loser the day I was born an American loser the day I was born